0: We are live with, I always want to say Coach's Corner, just because I'm so used to doing this on Sundays, um, Coaching with a Purpose with uh, Sporting Albany uh, VBC with uh, Zach Kuhn and uh, Jim Lemire. So uh, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, uh, your backgrounds, and how you guys got into volleyball.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm Zach Kuhn. I'm the club director, owner of Sporting Albany Volleyball. Um I played four years of D3 uh, men's volleyball at Sage College of Albany in Albany, New York. And then right after graduating, got into club with a friend of mine, former coach of mine. Um, we decided to start up a boys program, which has now turned into a boys and girls program. And I've been doing that. Or that was in 2014. And then in the spring of 2015, I began coaching high school as well at South Colony in Albany, okay. and been doing it ever since. All right, where, uh, by any chance, where did you go to high school? I went to Columbia High School in East Greenwich, New York. Okay.
2: And I'm Jim Lemire. Um, I played uh, three years of high school volleyball for Shaker High School, which is about 20 minutes away from where Zach went. Um, went to a college that didn't have men's volleyball, so I volunteered as uh, an assistant coach then became hired as the assistant coach at Oneonta State for the women's team. Um, after graduating and moving into a teaching career, I became a Division II head coach at the College of St. Rose in Albany, uh, Division I junior college coach at the Junior College of Albany, which later became Sage College of Albany, where Zach mm-hmm. played his college ball. Um As I moved into the raising a family part of my life, I figured that uh, being on the road every weekend for tournaments during the season and on the road to recruit every weekend for the college uh, teams was not in the cards for me anymore. So I moved on to coaching boys volleyball at Bethlehem High School. Um, Did that for 11 years. During that time, I started a girls volleyball club. called um, Northeast Thunder, and then I coached a girls high school ball for 11 years, and I'm back to coaching the boys at Bethlehem High School, and uh, I'm the newbie on the coaching staff at Sporting Albany, even though I'm the, probably the oldest person on the coaching staff. Um, this is only my second season coaching with Sporting Albany, and I'm currently uh, the 18U head coach and um, also coaching the boys at um, Bethlehem High School, and also I uh, am a, a high school uh, official as well.
0: Okay. Um, I was actually doing just a little bit of research because I know um, Zach, your last name, I don't know what it was. It was just your last name, like sparked a couple of people. Uh, I lived yeah. in, uh, Copaic for about 10 years. Okay. And so, uh, um, is that Taconic Hills high school? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I played when I was there. Um, I started when I was a junior. So, mm-hmm. um, I actually played with a couple of guys that ended up going to and playing at Sage, um, oh, played with a lot of guys that coach around there. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if Ben, I know Ben Rosenthal is still. A fish He's at Connecticut High School. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know yep. he was coaching with RIT's women's women's club for a little while. Um, I haven't, I've talked to him like once or twice since I moved. And then um, <clears> there was, I'm trying to think all the guys I play with uh, a good chunk of the guys from Legion. Um, yeah. okay. and then I'm trying to think, um, a couple of the men's, like the adult USAV teams they used to practice at, um, I'm not sure if they still do at sand Creek high school, um, that used to play yeah. around in different areas. Yep.
2: Yep. I played so, with the team that practiced there too. So. Yeah.
0: And that's why I know, um, Zach, it was just your last name. I knew there was there there's a couple of guys with similar I can't remember okay. what was that last name. Um but just looking through everything and just doing a little little bit of research, um like everywhere you said, like I've been to or played at or been around and so it's a little funny kind of having this talk now. So it's kinda of like jumping yeah. jumping back into Albany, jumping back into the area oh, we sure. used to be. So that's why I was, that's why it was funny asking you where you played because we never got anywhere above, think Ichabod. I mean, yep. we, we would go all the way out to like yeah. Skill. Yep. But that was like the trip for us, yeah. even though it was only like maybe a four-set match. Yeah. But it was always I coached uh,
2: um, JV girls at Skill for a year. Also, I, oh, I, okay. I fought There many years ago. Also, so yeah, yeah it's I was I was the community there from, up here.
0: Oh seven to oh eight is when I played.
2: The the volleyball community in the Albany area is very it's pretty tight knit. Kind of everybody yeah. knows everybody up here too. So yeah.
0: So I know it was this this one was one that I was kind of like ah I'll, I'll I'll wait to throw that stuff in until we start talking. <laughs> yeah. So but how uh how have you guys been handling COVID and everything? Because I know for me personally down here South Carolina is like. Pretty, I'll say, really relaxed with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know New York is like locked down crazy. So, what are you guys doing for practice and everything? And how are you handling travel?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't use relaxed as a term to describe volleyball in New York State right now. Um, I think we just, you know, officially were allowed to like uh, participate in high risk sports uh, according to New York State. So when that kind of designation got set for volleyball over the summer, it was not easy. So uh, we ended our season early in March, um, which I think our boys had actually just played our, we just played our last tournament in Boston. Except and we had to, We still were playing. Uh, re- re- right. Regionals is, you know, later in the summer. So we finished Boston. Girls still had a couple tournaments on their schedule. We had to cancel all those, stop practices. Um, And then by like July is when we started thinking like we need to get some sort of volleyball back. Mm -hmm. So we started exploring outdoor possibilities, setting up in in some uh, like public parks. Um, And even that got not sketchy, but it got it got difficult. There were hoops to jump through. I went to a, a town board meeting to pitch my case on like, I just want to be able to use this spot of grass. And I thought I killed it and they still denied us, um, for whatever reason with COVID going on. Uh, and then it's been like, usually the high school season, you're getting ready with open gyms and doing tryouts at the end of August. Uh, none of that this year, it was all, you know, you can do team practices or team work or not team practice, team workouts because you weren't allowed to like share equipment. Um, so again i was trying to do outdoor stuff with my high school guys to the best of my ability and then it was just so many question marks for the last like five six months now of, are we going to be able to do anything are we not going to be able to do anything uh, what restrictions are there if we can do anything um so it's really been like a month-to-month basis and then when you had the holidays to it you really reach a point where you're like all right i we can't keep you know this roller coaster of emotions going And just tell everybody, sorry, we got to wait a couple months and then reevaluate. So that's what we ended up doing Mm. for club. Uh, We had our tryouts outdoors in November. Not sure. I've never had this kind of luck before, but November 7th was a gorgeous day Mm. to do outdoor volleyball tryouts. No way. I couldn't have wished for a better day. So we got a bunch of kids in, you know, full masks, had sanitizer, temperature, uh, temperatures being taken. And. Uh, wellness questionnaires to get all that out of the way we were able to send out our offers and get teams set up i signed up for a couple tournaments and then a week later all these tournaments got canceled or postponed until the summer so that was another kind of uh blow to the to our hopes yeah. um, so then we started back up for then december january were slow but We finally found a gym to let us rent because most facilities are in New York state, trying to be careful. They're not, you know, don't want to take the risk with liability. Uh, We were able to get into a local, local gym branch event fitness and use their court to get a month of practices in. We were just wrapping them up uh, after this weekend. And then the high school season is going to be starting. So it's been a lot of adjustment, a lot of, um, like wait and see if, if, if this were a full regular season, we would have been the majority of our way through our boys season about halfway through our girls' season. Um, and really, I think, what I think the, the silver lining is that doing what we did over the summer with outdoor clinics, because we really couldn't play six V six, we couldn't play tournaments or scrimmages according to New York state rules we had to focus on just these small skill specific drills and stuff like that. And I think that kind of sparked something, at least in me of like this, this might be a better option than actually traveling to tournaments yeah. because it's really, it's more intimate coaching and breaking down of skills and you can get anyone you want or anyone that wants to come and play. They can, because you're just, you're just teaching. You don't have to worry about rosters and over, booking stuff
2: like that yeah. sort of an inherent difficulty that came with that too, was we had a lot of strong players show up at the clinics. We had some strong players show up at the tryouts, but as parents started to think about what the possibilities were of, you know, maybe we'd be going to tournaments and not get a chance to practice because of the limitations, or, you know, maybe uh, they were not as comfortable once we had some spikes and then um, mm-hmm. you know, have, having their kids, um in, in groups of eight, nine, 10, 12 kids, um, there were very solid players whose parents pulled them out or even the kids said, uh, you know I'm, I'm just not ready right now. Um, yeah. and and that was difficult too, because you you send out bids to the kids for for being on a roster um, based on positions as as well as other um, issues. and uh, you know we've we've got I wouldn't necessarily call them, Strict structures of teams, but we've got some sort of teams in mind that, for instance, don't have a Libra or are a little bit thin at cetera because of people who have opted out. So yeah, and uh, that has been hoping that, that after the high school the same, season's yeah. over, and we get back into um, getting ready to go play some tournaments in May and June that some of those kids will be able to come back. their parents will say, okay, the numbers have gone down and, and, and we can go ahead and let the kids go now. So.
0: I don't know. That's been the same kind of thing around everywhere. <laughs> is I know just north of us in North Carolina, they had a huge chunk through, I think it was January, and I think a good bit of February, all the tournaments were pushed back. So like yeah. We were supposed to go to Charlotte uh, at least twice and ended up having to cancel. Got lucky because we have a convention center and sports center right here in Myrtle Beach. so We got to push everything local but i know there's tons of clubs and everything that are either doing like you know partial practices or like you guys are having to do you're having to u- utilize all these just strange you know schedules so absolutely and that's where it's it like it gets i don't know you start to feel bad because you have to send out emails constantly updating people Mm -hmm. saying look this fell through we have to do this now well just be patient with us and you're kind of like look you know i hate telling you guys this as much as i hate you know finding it out and so it gets hard it just gets like
1: mind-numbing it's exhausting
2: with the high school boys um i i found myself um i probably have about 60 kids between varsity jv and modified Um, and i found myself sending out these mass emails and then a couple days later having to say well this has changed and then you know a week later hey listen what i thought was going to be this is now something else Um, so i got to the point that even though i had some pipelines of information um, that i was choosing not to immediately disperse information to parents and kids because I was just getting, I felt burnt by the fact that I was having to, to, you know, take those words back at some point in time shortly thereafter. Obviously it's nobody's fault, but you still feel like, okay, well, I got the kids excited that we were going to be able to do, uh, five, um, or 10 outdoor workouts together. And it it ended up being three, you know? So, and, and and I, I felt bad about that. So I also felt like that I'm going to try to limit how much I'm sending out about this until things get very real, which um, a week from tomorrow, we're allowed to start our high school boys practices. And once that's real, I'll, <laughs> I'll start cranking up the, uh, the emails again, but I, I, I mean, I'm going to have a, a zoom or a Google meet with um, with my team coming up, my teams coming up, but that's, that's it. I'm not going to say too much until we do get started. Yeah.
0: And I know that's, that's always a hard thing. Cause as coaches, like you, it's almost like we want to be in the gym worse than they do. I mean, a lot of times you <laughs> see that sometimes <laughs> Yeah, and it's not, it's not anything else, but just like the, the whole competition side of it. So like when, when you guys like do get back into it, kind of describe your like coaching, your culture and your like coaching styles within the club.
2: I usually am going to defer to Zach because he founded it and he's been around longer in terms of like what, what he founded it with and everything. But I, I certainly don't mind answering that for myself, but I think Zach should talk about the club philosophy and that kind of stuff first. Maybe.
1: Sure. Um, So I think I said earlier, we we kind of founded the club Mm -hmm. as a way to provide like a cheaper opportunity for boys in particular to play that was more centrally located. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that, grew I think in the second year we added a girls team and then we're now seven seasons in and the girls outnumber the boys Uh, but I've kind of always personally had the philosophy of just the more kids playing the better Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never really been in it to try to get all of the best players or you know recruit only from certain districts kind of thing I see it as a, you know, I'm providing this service. If you would like to play volleyball, if you're interested in getting better, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I can give that to you. Yeah. Um, so then at the same time, like kids, kids and parents for a club, it's, it's not a necessity. They're paying to be there. They want, they want to be there. So they're paying to be there, yeah. um, which is always a challenge when it comes to extracurricular sports like that. Um, so for me, I always thought of it as they're, they're paying for skill development, they're paying for more touches and then tournaments and stuff like that are secondary. Um, because volleyball is one of those sports where just being around it and playing it, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, you're going to get better. Um, so when it comes to, you know, I don't have like a big trophy case. Uh, I do have actually more coaches, more of my own coaches for the club, have trophies and medals than I do. So we, we have seen some success, but it's like we're not you know stockpiling, we're not keeping track of them. Yeah. Um, I just like the idea of helping players along, you know their their volleyball journey if you want to say. Mm-hmm. And if they go on to play college, that's awesome. If they don't, I hope they learned something. You know playing for the club they they developed as a human being in a positive way
2: yeah um so yeah a a lot of what zach just said is um not only coincides with my philosophy but zach's it's not just words with zach He, he there's no question that he's living what he just said there um every single post that Zach makes on uh, Instagram or Facebook includes hashtag grow the game. So and he's literally doing that. That's what he's trying to do. And um, I have a lot of respect for that because I've done it myself where I've started or like Zach, co-started, co-founded a club from scratch, from nothing Um, did that with Northeast Thunder ran it um, for seven years and then coached in it for another seven years. Um, And, and so I know, what that's about to 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 basically say we want to have um, an affordable alternative we want kids to get a lot of volleyball we want them if you know if all things work and we're not in the middle of a global pandemic we want two practices a week if we can and at least two tournaments a month, if we, you know, if there's any way that we can do that. And and those numbers are they're kind of made up. If we can get more practices, we can. If we can only get one, that's something that we've had to live with at times also. Mm-hmm. The tournaments have to do with what's out there, but also um in the in the past, sometimes with what we can provide as well. Um so as far as that part of of the club um approach goes, you know, I I I applaud what Zach has has done with that because I know it's not all that easy to do. Um, as far as the coaching part of it goes, um, I have been doing it for so long that I think, um, it would, be, it would be easy to get into a situation and say the people that I'm coaching with, this doesn't, I, I don't, I don't coincide with them in terms of um, coaching philosophy. But when I came in last year, um, I came in because I came back to coaching boys volleyball. My kids are out of the house now. So I had more time to to dedicate to coaching boys club ball. And um, I actually had gotten involved with a friend of mine and it didn't didn't pan out. So um, I kind of looked at my scenario and said, where are most of my players playing? And um, that's how I hooked up with Sporting Albany. Last year in, well, I guess 2019, um, of my starting seven players, my starting Libero, both my starting outsides and my starting opposite had all played for Sporting Albany plus some kids on the bench. Um, and it, it, I would say the numbers are going to be pretty close to that, if not more. Uh, for this year's roster, we have, uh, what, Zach, between the two groups that have been practicing in mm-hmm. February, we have about 22, 24 kids altogether?
1: Yeah, something like that.
2: And nine of them are, are my players. And yeah. and on unle- what oh, hold on one second, please. Hold on. I'm sorry about that. I have somebody at the door.
1: No, No worries. So I can uh, jump in and talk more about, um, I mean, my coaching style and something that has been influenced by now working with Lemire is, you know, really focused on. um, So
2: sorry about that. (laughs) That's all right. Go ahead. Um, we'll come back. So, uh, you know, where Zach was saying, like, I'm not necessarily trying to do this for one particular district or other, I did join Sporting Albany because of my kids being there, but I'd like to think that, um, you know, lots of other players are benefiting from the fact that I've got like 38 years in the game or whatever that ridiculous number is. So, um, so that's, that's kind of uh, how I got to be with Sporting Albany. And then as far as philosophy goes, I'd like to focus on two things in practice technique. um, I want kids to sort of understand what it is we expect them to do. And I, I think it's really important to be using terminology that kids can understand. So that during a game, when I say, yell out something to them, they're not looking at me like, what are you talking about? You've never used that word before. And then strategy. We do a lot of talking about what would you do in a game situation and, in pl- planning and playing for game situations The February practices have been almost exclusively play-based as opposed to skill-based. So,
0: so when do you guys, um, I know we all like to do like a certain progression, within like club practice and kind of prepping for the first tournament and especially with new teams or having athletes fill in certain spots within athletes that, other, that leave. Um, how do you guys prioritize your drill selection when you go from, we'll say, I guess we'll label it like a preseason before the first tournament into building up to where you guys travel and go play in that first match.
2: Depends on what you're talking about in terms of the situation. Cause, um, you know, this year is unlike other years. So, um, but I, I personally feel, and I'm pretty sure that Zach and then our third boys coach Liam, um, we're kind of all in the same boat that we want them to have, um, play-based in practice as, uh, as much as possible before they actually have to go play, but we don't want every practice, every minute of practice to just be, um, scrimmage or games because there's other things that you have to work on as well. So, um, we, this year we did, um, some Google meets with each other to talk about what we wanted our practices to look like. Um, and then typically, um, the way it's been going so far is, um, I'll plan out what I want to do in my practice and then I'll share it with, um, the other two and say, what do you guys think about this for the eight Um, and a lot of times, um, Liam's, um, 16s practice is pretty close in line with with that stuff he you know he'll add his own special touches in there His he's been uh although he's young he's been around the game forever his father was a high school and club coach for over 30 years so Um, we do a lot of of that and we we do want to have a progression that goes from um you know starting working on the the fundamentals and then working towards um systems and things like that but this this year has thrown all of that to that that caution to the wind because you know we needed to get into play as quickly as possible um so when we were doing outside we might have been able to do doubles triples fours um at that time period we couldn't do six on six we can now um and so um but we still will do progressions of you know fours sometimes fives but then sixes so
1: yeah, for me, it's definitely like first day in the gym of whatever season, I'm starting simple. And I tell everybody, uh, you, you can't do the fun stuff without doing the boring stuff. Um, it's one of my, I like to say, you know, t-shirt quotes. Um, and always start simple, passing, serving, and maybe some hitting off of like a toss and I'll usually do that for the first one or two practices, but then it's always, I like to say that you have, I like uh, upgrades to all my drills start simple. And then the next time we're back, I might do the same drill, but upgrade it a step. Um, and then if they prove good at that upgrade it again, and then really the first tournament uh, we always try to get, at least on the girls side, I try to get a one day tournament in as kind of like a starter tournament for the season on the boys side. That's, not always the case just because the opportunities are uh, less.
2: Although so, it will be this year because our first yeah. tournament will be regional. So. Yeah,
1: we got we got lucky there. Um, so we will have a one-day tournament to start this year. Um, usually the first tournament when I walked in, I got the team there on the bench and I go, all right, you know, we might be the same crew from the previous year. We might not be. There's usually always at least one or two new faces um, and they're almost never exclusively from one school so it's there's always new um variables going on it's like okay we're gonna throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks and then after that first tournament comes around it's all right here's what we kind of need to improve on here's what we did well with and that kind of guides my focus for the practices leading up to the next tournament and then through the season see that's it's where- um, i
2: mean this it's going to be very weird this year uh, you know, I'm a teacher. So when we have uh, preseason starting in the middle of August, I get to have my kids twice a day yeah. to practice and I'll get four, four and a half hours of practice in every day. And therefore I can do just what Zach said there. I start with passing I, and then I go to setting and then I go to serving and then I go to hitting and we break every skill down and we not only practice the skill but then we do our drills will be based on focusing on that skill primarily more than any others. And we do all of that before we start to put it together. So when kids want to say, well, when are we going to play? Or when are we going to swing? It's at the point now that kids that have played more than a year for me, they will address it with the kids. I don't have to answer that question because they're like, coach has a way he does things. Just let him do it. But um, it, it's going to be very weird this year because we're starting on March 7th and we don't have a schedule yet. Zach, you didn't get a schedule from your AD, did you?
1: Nope. Still work on practice times.
2: In fact, in fact, I don't know if our league even has a schedule. So we're we're going to, we're, I I don't know when we're going to play our first match, but my focus is going to be, you know, getting to match readiness as quickly as possible this year, as opposed to um, skill work. And I'm fortunate that I have um, 11 seniors um, and the, besides them, plus my one sophomore that were all on varsity last year, the kids that are coming up were in the gym with me last August and their JV coach played for me for four years. Um, so he, you know, he's schooling them the way he knows they're going to want, I'm going to want them to play for me when they come up. So I feel a little bit better about being able to jump into play as opposed to skills right off the bat, but not great. Cause it's not, it's not the way I like to do things. Yeah.
0: I, think I, I got really lucky just because we have our own facility right now and so we've got to kind of I mean we're still we still abide by all this like the CDC guidelines and everything just to stay safe and but we got to kind of push the boundaries a little bit we got to have a lot more gym time we got to have a lot more of that one-on--one and uh, kind of utilize our resources Um <laughs> I'm, I'm a little different when it comes to that first tournament. I love just going to a two- or three-day to start out. Mm-hmm. And those kids, like we had this year, that uh, I think we had three of them, three or four in our 14s, that it was their first tournament ever. They've never this first okay. year playing club. And I kind of just – we've been – we get to the point with each team that we have um, where – and it's usually all the young kids that – we go, okay, you know, you're 12s, 13s, 14s. We're going to coach you like that right now. And then after we get past that first tournament, it goes, all right, are you guys ready to take the next step? And they kind of, you know, you wait to see what they say. And you go, all right, well, if y'all want to compete, we'll coach you like college kids. So, but that's only by your choosing. So I love to kind of, you know, I, I'll, I'll n- not lead them by hand, but kind of get them through the first few steps and then go, okay. Now you guys start treading water, so mm-hmm. it's more of a not a trial by fire, but I want to see your your logical thinking happen. So that that first tournament comes around, and always expect the butterflies, always expect the nerves, and then you kind of I kind of look at them and go, you know how to fix it, you know how to work, you have the tools. Um, I always believe that every athlete has the tools they need; they just don't know how to use them yet. So it's it's a big thing for me at least to kind of I'll give them hints, but I'm not gonna give them any part of the answer because I want to see like for for me personally, I'm always one to struggle before I figure it out. So mm-hmm. I'd rather fail a thousand times and then get it right, mm-hmm. and then have them do similar. You know, I don't I don't want to waste time obviously, and get them to go okay. He knows we can do this. Um, all of our coaches are just standing here kind of watching this happen. You know, obviously, we have everything we need. What do we have to do? And it's usually coming down to the kids that either start showing more interest in the activity or they start coming to us and go, Look, give us something. Like, we need something out of this. We're, we're, we're stuck. And so that's when you start, for me, I'll start like rewarding that. Like, if you're going out grasping for information. And it's not just saying, tell us what to do. So.
2: That that whole, the the thing you talked about, about, you know, they've got the tools and, and they can fix them. and, And seeing if they use that sort of logical thought on, on the court, that, that kind of thing is, it's a beautiful thing when kids have had enough reps, you know, that, okay, well, I haven't encountered this situation before, but I've encountered so many situations in my volleyball career that this new thing doesn't phase me. And and I love that moment when I can see that on a kid's face and on their body language. And I think as coaches, I, I hope everybody else gets the rush that I get of this. I, I And I probably, when I'm in season for volleyball, I probably think about this a good five times a day that, that unbelievable feeling that you get when you see that your team is running like a well-oiled machine, when you see that mm-hmm. there isn't any ball that's within inside the four walls of the gymnasium that you don't think your team can get to mm-hmm. because um, they're flowing, they're moving, they're talking like a lot, for a lot of teams that I've coached lower level teams, that sort of thing might only happen during a free ball drill, no. but um, we've, I, I, I'm amazed because we've only had, what are we at? Seven practices now, Zach? Yeah. Yeah. We've only had seven practices and we've got in some of these boys practices, we've got stuff going on that's mid season stuff. Um, you know, the, where, where the flow that's going on on the court is just unbelievable. And, um, you know, big hits going up, going down, um, which is always a great thing to see, but then, you know defenders are where they're supposed to be and the ball's getting mm-hmm. to the center's hand and, and a, you know the same the same type of aggressive hit is being rifled back over the court it's it's uh that's such a gratifying moment as as a volleyball coach and um i like to take the opportunity to congratulate the kids when they've had that moment and also tell them that there's you can't go back now you you've shown what you're capable of doing and and this has to be the way that you play every point and um but i think once they've had enough reps they get to see that that's the way the game should be played. That's the way they want the game to be played. And, and they're more likely to do that. So I think what you're saying, Anthony, is kind of like it's it kind of meshes with the philosophy that philosophy that we're talking about. Also, we, we want the kids to, um, get to that level. Um, but you know, there's, there's things that we can design our practices to do that will get them there.
1: Yeah. I've always been, <clears throat> I've been one to like to make sure that the players are taking responsibility and being accountable for everything that they're doing and for the way, you know, for the way they respond to, you know, anything really, whether it's it's wins or losses. Um one of the other things I like to do when I'm when I'm coaching is if something happens, I like to look at a player and I say, you know, what am I gonna say? or what went wrong, and hear their thoughts first, because then you can kind of see the, the gears working in their head of trying to actually problem solve and figure out, you know, what exactly it was without it being told to them. Because I know that when I was playing in high school, um, and then even into college, like, it's no fault of my coaches, I think it's more of just my, you know, volleyball IQ, or wasn't wasn't there yet i just didn't really process some stuff that you know as quickly as other players were or at the same level as other players were so i tried to use those personal experiences to help my current players uh you know make that leap in skill and knowledge uh faster than i did Mm -hmm. so like whether it's reading plays or anticipating where the ball's gonna go or just kind of figuring out hmm, that that hit that I just, you know, the swing I just took, where that ball went, why did it go there? Um, And really kind of giving them the responsibility of figuring it out, you know, point them in the right direction see how it goes, but then you're there to catch them if they get it wrong.
2: I think what you just said there, Zach, too, is one of the reasons why uh, a lot of times I think coaches like practice, um, as much as, if not more than they like games and kids Mm -hmm. kind of live for games. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't kids that love practice, especially with what we've gone through in the last year. Um, you know, there are kids who could not wait to get back into the gym, no matter what form it was, it was in. But, um, I think for, for coaches, what you just said there, Zach, is we have the time in, in practice to say to the kid, how, how are you going to fix that? Or what do you think you did there? Or what am I going to say to you? And there's, mm-hmm. you know, you have three seconds in between plays in a game. And it, you, first of all, you've got to pick one thing out of six kids on the court mm-hmm. that you want to address immediately if you're going to say something and then you don't have time to play the <laughs> the question and answer game. You, you've right. got to talk to them about what you want fixed for the rest of the match. Um, So that, you know, that sort of thing doesn't happen again, or it can be improved or whatever. So yeah, I, I, the one thing i will say that the pandemic has done for us up here is it's the i would say certainly the majority if not the vast majority of our kids value practice mm-hmm. um, probably yeah. more than they used to so
0: and even even just to go off the whole you know in between plays i know with the with the little like i've got a, i've got a talented little 14s team that has like just blown up over the last couple weeks cuz uh, i think the best thing for them was they had two tournaments back to back and that was they got to stay in the swing and the groove of things. But we've we've now got them to the point where it's not you don't have to look at us for validation. You just mm-hmm. have to listen and then focus on the game because you guys can hear us without having to look at us while we talk, and we can walk and move along the sidelines and talk to the other coaches, and we can kind of communicate with you guys without you needing to see what we're saying. And I know there's a... Another big thing that I've been I've been working on ever since I got down here, um, and I just feel that, and I've said this plenty of times before, but the 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 beach kids like this the the whole culture of um, on the coast is everyone's so laid back, and there's there's too much laxity sometimes with it, and so when you start getting stern, which is, which was the first like resistance I had was you know they start going well this is too hard and i sit and go okay well you know this is the first time you've had it become difficult and so now it's that 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 started to subside because the the pool of kids i started to bring in started funneling down which at first was like discouraging but then i started realizing you know i'm i want to bring in a certain quality and i don't want to be seen as you know i'm going to take everybody I want you to come in to know that you are going to learn, not meant not guaranteeing the whole idea that some, that some clubs, you know, promote we'll get you to college, we'll get you a scholarship. It's, you know, I want to build you on and off the court. So once you understand that you will get that, the second thing is, is that you don't need to look at any adult for validation. You need to look at yourself for, for validation. So when they start doing really good things and you don't have to always congratulate them. Obviously as coaches, we do anyway because we want them right. to know that we're paying attention. Right. It's they they gain that independence to know that, you know, when I do amazing things outside of other people seeing them, I can still feel good about what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was uh when I was in high school, one of my coaches, I remember he would uh he was yelled us from the sidelines he would say stop looking at me after every play because it's just something that you know when you're growing up or first in it's just it's like a a natural like reaction that you want to look to see what your what your coach or what the you know adult in that area is how they're reacting and then kind of playing it playing your response off of that like okay are they are they mad are they happy are they you know and that's how you try to learn but um i always love it when kids can go on the court and just play. And if they don't look at me, then, you know, hopefully they're working it out themselves in their head. Mm -hmm. And then if they're not, and they're just getting more frustrated, then that's when you step in as a coach and be like, Hey, I do need to pull you aside, but I love what you're doing. I love that you're trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and those are really, you know, the the leaders on the court usually.
0: And then even, even when, when, we, and we've all done it to some point, like, you know, the coach is saying something to him, and you don't, mm-hmm. it's not that it's a disrespectful thing, but you don't want to break your focus on what's going on. Yeah. And it's kind of, I would, if my teammates, somebody would say something, I hear them just the easiest way to acknowledge them. I just put a thumbs up behind my back, you know, yeah. just to say, Hey, look, I got you. Cool. Um, you know, or I turned like if I was walking by them to serve or something, just say, Hey, call something out, talk to me, you know, call the line for me. And, yeah. you know, that was – that that's one of the small things that I try to implement in practice and I try and ingrain in their head is not so much all the big skills because we, we can teach them all the big things. And it's really mm-hmm. come down to, for me, what I've noticed is nothing but discipline. If we can get them to stay disciplined on the very small and mundane things, then – they'll love everything that they're doing once they get farther and it won't be a job.
2: You know, it's that, that's an interesting thing too, um, that I think we've seen uh, certainly I'd feel like I've seen, um, uh, just within the last month is, um, when you're doing a drill that's focused on a particular skill, even kids that have been playing for four years, will forget that there are other parts of the game that they need to be doing because they're focused, let's say on, um, passing or taking a ball with their hands or transitioning from, uh, from passing to, to going into offense. That's what they're focusing on. So they're not one thing they're not doing is they're not going to the line to make a call. They're not helping their teammate out with a, you know, an in or an out call. And those are, those are parts of the game that really should be automatic. And it's not as though the kids don't know how to do that because that, that flow, that moment that I was talking about before where I get so excited when I see them being a machine on the court, They're doing that. They're calling the ball in and out for their teammates. They're moving to make sure that they can get a look as to whether the ball's in or out when they're doing it in game context. And so in in a lot of ways, I think that this COVID thing has actually been a little bit of a seed change for me because I still want to focus on skills, but I know how important it's going to be to make sure that the kids are putting everything together as opposed to just focusing on the one, the one skill or the three skills that go hand in hand with each other.
0: I know. I'm sure you've probably seen it in Zach too. Um, I think sometimes we, we kind of, we kind of throw everything in a pot, in a sense, and we want to get everything to mix and like mesh really well. But there's certain things that I'm not gonna say you can't do it, but are very difficult to teach and coach certain athletes. That sometimes they just click, and once they click, the athlete kind of like you said, the, the the gear sets in and then it starts catching and it might skip a couple of times but then those those teeth lock in and then they, they start moving and then other things start happening that you haven't gone over yet or things that are like, you know, I sit there and look at some girls and go, you know, you're acting like three years beyond what you should be you know, by, by we'll say standards and to see you lead or to see you act as a 17, 18 year old when you're maybe 13. I said that's that's huge, you know. Sometimes I think it's the wonderful part about being a teen or an adolescent where they don't always understand the magnitude of the words that, that come out of their mouth, but they understand more of the true meaning, which is like the same thing I've noticed with foreign athletes. When they come over to the US, how they talk, they use the, the true meaning of the English word. They don't sit there and use it as like a cover for something or to lead into something else Mm -hmm. so i've always noticed whenever people are like it's so hard to understand them and i'm like it's i don't know to me i'm like you know they they appreciate the language and the words they use so you get to really get a true insight if you're paying attention to what kind of person
1: what kind of athlete or coach they truly are yeah that's very interesting like dynamic in comparison. I never really had that experience to to think of that, but yeah, exactly what you're saying, how, you know, people that, foreign players, they don't speak the language as you know, necessarily often or as, as, you know, fluently as we do, but when they are speaking, they need to use specific words, and really they, they mean what they say, whereas that might just go missed by the average high schooler
2: it's it, it's interesting uh have you not had a foreign exchange student play for you at colony zach
1: um one yeah and he was more of a soccer player but yeah. i think he was one of the sometimes it's it's like a mean joke because soccer and volleyball are the same season and you'll look at some yeah. really athletic soccer players who
2: yeah you want to pull over to volleyball and it's oh yeah
1: hey how many concussions you got you know because you're <laughs> counting down to when they have to switch over to volleyball
2: I, um, I had uh, yeah. a 6'5 lefty come to us from uh, from soccer. It was one of the greatest things that ever yeah. happened. But I was I was just thinking that about the foreign exchange student because I had a um, a kid from Finland. I, all of my foreign exchange students that I had uh, previously, they'd never really played volleyball before they came. I didn't get, you know, like a, a Brazilian beach god coming over <laughs> and playing for me or anything. But um, I did. I had this kid from Finland. He was about 5'7". You know, there was no height there. There was no real skill there but a great kid and um he was he was uh his host family was the home of my libero and um so you know he played and everything and um in the beginning he was just kind of a clown that was just kind of who he was and i think he was trying to find out what way he was going to fit in but as the year went on um and and we were at a tournament and there was a ball it was kind of a shanked pass but the, my setter didn't even break to try to go make a play on it like he just he just kind of loafed and uh then you know called for help and the ball hits the net and falls to the ground the first kid who was who said you know that you should have gotten to that ball you should have picked up that ball was the kid from finland and um and, and you know i think everybody else was feeling that and um i was about ready to pull the plug and put the backup setter in anyway and when the kid from finland said that i was like sub <laughs> and and i was yeah. At that point, there was, I, it was an automatic because um, he had vocalized, I think, for the team what what everybody was feeling. You know, we were losing in the finals, and this kid wasn't doing what he needed to do as the guy running the show to get us, give us a chance to get back into it. And uh, so, like you said, Anthony, this you know he this kid used words. He wasn't somebody that was a vocal leader on the team, but he used words to um, to to make sure that the the important things did get across.
0: Yeah. So. And that's, that's always, I think that's always huge is you have, and I've, I've, I've I don't know. I, I, I was lucky enough to work with coastal Carolina when I first moved down here. Um, and that's kind of where my volleyball IQ took off.
2: There was and, a girl from Ichabod cream that was there just a few years ago.
0: I don't, I want
2: to say maybe,
0: on the club team or on the um, on the on, the
2: on the girl the women's team from like 12 to 16 2012 to 2016 I think I'll
0: have to look that up yeah. I'll have to look that up um, we actually just had a girl come down to Coastal on a track scholarship from okay. Kills, which was odd okay. to oh, okay. see that um, <laughs> but I got I, I got to learn from well the the head coach is a uh, Hungarian and so the first thing there was um, you know, uh, you hear, like, I, every time I would say, hey, I'm, I'm about to start working with this program, I'd ask other college coaches. And everybody knows everybody, obviously. And mm-hmm. So you start to get, you start to hear things. And you go, okay, well, I want to find out. So when I went down there and I started talking to him and I got in with him and everything, I was like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's a little crazy, but, you know, he's, he's like a ball of energy. And my God, there is just the amount, the amount that I got pushed in those two years, like, and yeah, I've straight up said, right, right to him. The first, first few days I was there, I was like, you, you are absolutely crazy. And he, he just laughed. I mean, he laughed cause he knew it. And, um, but I mean, I got chewed out the most I've ever gotten chewed out as a coach. And, you know, just, there was such a standard and there was such a pedigree that, that he kept and then to learn from, you know, they're in one season. They had, I think players from seven different countries
2: wow. on the wow. roster.
0: So, you know, you got to learn about, there's something about overseas athletes and European yes. and Eastern European athletes. They're absolute machines.
2: My, and, my first year at St. Rose, I had a machine, just like you said, who played for me from Haiti. And uh, one year when I was at JCA, I had a machine of a player from Puerto Rico. Um, and, and you're, it's like you said, they knew all the proper skills. It wasn't some, they didn't need skill reminders. Um, so really all they needed you to do was to tell them what, you know, where you wanted them to go, what you wanted them to do, what, maybe what play we were going to be running or, Hey, look out for this particular player on the other side. Um, they, they were looking for that sort of elevation of play, not the constant reinforcement of stuff. And you know, coaching at a junior college, especially, you're you're you're, you're bringing in some kids, many of them who they didn't get recruited by four year schools. So they are kids who, yeah, they might have played three or four years of high school ball, but they do need reinforcement of their skills pretty frequently.
0: So, mm-hmm. so with uh, just with, with regards to, I know Albany is a pretty decent sized city um what's what's been your biggest because I know every every area has got their own we'll say competition within clubs what's the one thing that makes you guys stand out between everyone else
2: as a club yes yeah I think Zach should start with that
1: um yeah <laughs> I think at least what I take pride in is um not being, exclusive to one necessarily high school. Um, I know like most of the clubs in the area there there's only a couple maybe that are like exclusively one school district others are majority a school district and then have like one or two or three from other schools but I've always kind of taken pride in the mix of students that Mm. um, that I have on my rosters and actually that was one of my uh, worries about starting back up with COVID is that uh, everyone it's all about the cohorts and keeping everyone in like pods and then I look at the rosters and it's like okay I got all these boys and girls who are coming from different school districts so now if it turns into some sort of contact tracing that's going to be a mess but um, I don't know I consider that a good problem mm-hmm. because one of the things that I like is during the high school season um, because I I coach on the boys side or if I'm walking through the gym and it, there's a girls game going on, I like being able to look at the other team and be like, Hey, I know her. I know her. I know him. I know him. And then I've had, uh, boys in my pro high school program say to me, coach, you got so much clout. What's up. Why do you know, all, why do all these people know you? I go, because you know, six or seven months out of the year, those guys are my players. And then the other the rest of the time, you guys are my players. Um, that's my, my experience point of
2: view. I, I have that same experience too, um, that you just described there, uh, knowing the kids now, know, knowing mm-hmm. a lot of the boys that play, um, because I'm coaching boys club ball. Um, but I've done summer volleyball camps for, It's get, I, I think it's getting close to 30 years, certainly 25, um, doing clinics, um, you know, doing a uh, club ball. i I, I kind of echo what Zach said when I was uh, with the club that I founded. I remember one year we had uh, I don't remember what the number of players was. I'll just make up a number like sixty six players, and it was like nineteen different school districts were represented. we We didn't have you know six, eight kids. We might have had six, eight kids from one district, but we also had you know one kid, two kid, four kids from a district that were coming and playing with us. So, Um, we were the same thing. And I think we've, when my friend Bob and I founded it in 2001, we founded it for the same reason too. We want to serve a lot of kids. We want to provide them a lot of volleyball, whether it's a lot of practices, a lot of tournaments or both. And we want to do it in a way that they can all afford to be able to do it. Um, you know, so we're not trying to be exclusive. We're going to win. We're going to do well. Um, but we're going to do that because we have kids who want to play there and because we want to be in the gym with them. So I like that. And I like the fact that I've found a club again that has that same philosophy. And um, I, I really do enjoy that experience of going to a girls' match and, and seeing those kids that I know from these other experiences. Uh, you know, 2019, fall of 2019, I'm up in uh, Glens Fall. <laughs> uh, in the same day, I co-hosted the boys state championships in Albany. And then when that was done, I drove to Glens Falls and worked the girls um, finals on, on Saturday, Sunday. And uh, you know, burnt Hills wins the the class A's and comes off the court and a girl runs over and gives me a hug because I was her coach for two summers at camp. So uh, the kids say the same thing to me too, Zach. I like, count, why do you know all these people? I'm like, it's not a bad thing that I know a lot of volleyball players. It's actually a very good thing. A lot of different things have rubbed off on me over the years um, that I've picked up from other people. And I've always felt a good volleyball coach liberally steals ideas from as many people as they possibly can. Um, I, you know, I, in all the years I've been coaching, I've probably invented three drills and the rest are all things I've stolen. So um, I, I, and, and I love to give credit for those things. I love to tell the kids where I've gotten drills from um, when I do them in practice too. So um I, I think that those are a lot of really important ideas that Zach has created and, and kept in Sporting Albany for seven years. And um, he certainly made me feel like I was a part of all those things when I came in last January or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, then <laughs> after just a couple months asking me if I wanted to do um, Coach the 18s this year was a, was a very nice gift also. So
0: uh, before we head out, um, mm. what – you know for for your athletes and everyone watching um, what would you say to those looking to start playing um, athletes returning uh, what would be your your words of advice to them and why why should they they come try out at Sporting Albany
1: um I would just say like what I think I said it earlier if you're looking to play if you want to play volleyball come to Sporting Albany And we will do everything we can to give you that opportunity to play. Um, A lot of it turns into like a numbers game and it's hard to kind of balance things. I like the, the sharpest knives that I've had, like in my soul are when I have like six or seven people, six or seven players who want to be on a team, but like can't all commit, but half of them are super in and I have to like pull the plug on that team. I hate doing that. That's the worst feeling. Um, but I will always do everything I can to provide that opportunity, uh, to the best of my ability and, uh, every, every practice you'll learn something new. I hope, whether it's volleyball wise or just life-wise, um, and even if, even if we don't always win, I'm hoping that it's, it's all learning experience. And that you will get something positive out of it, whether you're on the court, off the court, just in the blue and orange. I like to see, I like like to see people wearing our colors, and you know, getting positive experiences out of it.
2: And I and I would say, um, I mean, we have so many female volleyball players in the capital district. Um, and you know, as to whether there are enough clubs for them or not, I don't know. I think just think it's really important for girls to get out there and be playing. I've coached obviously both boys and girls in all ages and ability levels, and I think everybody can see that if you play for eight or ten weeks from August to November, you, you get to a certain level of achievement. But if you play in the off season from high school ball, you get to be extraordinarily better. So I think that that's really important for girls and specifically for boys. um, We have three boys coaches that have more than 60 years of experience and still love what they're doing Mm -hmm. enough to be excited every minute that they're in the gym. So uh, we can promise you, um, you know, engaging, constructive practices and, and, and guaranteed learning experiences. And when Zach says, if we don't always win, you're going to learn something to me, that is a win, you know, that's club volleyball. there only gets to be one national champion. There only gets to be one regional champion in each, each level. Um, So the rest of the teams end their season with a loss typically. Um, And, and the same can be said of high school ball. We're we're not going to win on the court all the time, but we're going to win every time we step in the gym. If we do the things that we know we can do and and work hard at it.
1: Yep. Volleyball, you'll get better, whether it's just being there and having a volleyball on your hands and, Every missed serve is one serve closer to an ace. So, uh, you know, come give us a shot. Come in the gym, listen to some some hip hop. As we know, Meech <laughs> always likes to play. And it, it'll be fun. So, so I want to say th-
0: thank you guys. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I know it was like a one-week notice, but I really do appreciate uh, f- fitting this in. And um, until next time. Everybody out there, uh, we will be on tomorrow night for Coach's Corner at 7 o'clock. So we will catch everybody later.